0: three two one be gay sports it's being gay remember nice. when they used that, like that. That, yeah, that exact same that. intro i love EA that thing. sports yeah it's in the, it's the game. game
1: so cheesy
0: oh yeah uh, i'm adam from your movie sex i almost forgot this is sardine i'm Cass. ralph
2: from youtube.com slash ralph the movie maker
1: and i'm alex from ohG it's in the game
0: i i was debating uh Doing the exact same congratulations one again, because you actually hit two million subs, <laughs> But I didn't no, want to confuse yeah. <laughs> people thinking it was the wrong episode. You jinxed
2: it. Well, I mean... Yeah, you, how I, much were you off by? It wasn't a lot. It was a
0: few weeks, at least. Yeah. It was like almost yeah. a month couple yeah. weeks. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> it was your fault, Alex.
1: It's your fault for jinxing it. No,
0: no, it's because you said you hate pineapple on pizza. That's why everybody. That's why nobody subscribed oh, anymore. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Did you am lose I subscribers
2: wrong? from that? Oh no, you're not wrong. That's that's the correct <laughs> oh, opinion. Oh, am I the Italian. lone
0: person who will eat pineapple on pizza here? E-
1: elaborate, though. What do you mean by will eat? Will it's you good. choose Hawaiian?
2: Why
0: not? It's a it's a
1: topping. Okay. So we got a degenerate on the cast then. Uh oh. Fine. Fine then.
0: I don't understand why this became such a huge <laughs> issue in the past few years. That's what I'm confused about. It's just funny. It never used to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. It's I just think some mean. people are it's like, r- like, Yeah, series. it's like, is a,
1: <laughs> is, is a hot dog a, a a sandwich? It's one of those kind of debates. It's just I'm not sure.
0: I'm yeah. not sure because that's just, that's just like classification, right? It's not, is it still a pizza? <laughs> it's like, it's very clearly a pizza <laughs> topping. There are just some people that hate it. Like, with a yeah, fiery
2: it's disgusting. passion. It's like, why would you put it on? Yeah, you could put just ch- a chocolate bar on top, but that doesn't make any sense. It's a topping that makes
1: no sense. At least chocolate's delicious.
2: I feel like it's one of
0: those uh, regional things, because, like, I used to hate seafood until I moved to the coast. Uh huh. And it's like, oh, wait, seafood's right. actually good. I just live in the wrong spot for seafood. Maybe everybody who hates pineapple yeah. on pizza just has shit pineapple.
1: Maybe that's true. No, it's possible. It's entirely possible. Very far away from anywhere where pineapples grow. So, mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how it works, but I think it's a perfectly acceptable topping.
2: It's fine if you like it, but I oh. think it should be illegal.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, <I'm> <laughs> it's fine if you like it, but you're a degenerate. <laughs> just my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> it's just opinions, guys. Exactly. Uh. Alex actually got a pretty cool
1: fucking gift. For his two million subscriber, an amazing gift. Yes, and a, a Sardonicus related gift. Um, I got a throw out a big shout out. Thank you to uh, Harry. I'm not going to dox him any more than that. But <laughs> he had he happened to have a spare ticket for London Film Fest to the Lighthouse, which was a sold out screening, really popular, and I just managed to sneak in there right at the last moment. And had an awesome time. We're going to talk about the movie, not this episode, but in the future shortly mm. when Ralph's able to see it. Yeah. But yeah, it was an awesome experience, especially because like, I've never been to a film fest before. Awesome. And what <laughs> what made it even better is that Harry actually works in the film industry. Oh. So when I first sat down and said hello to him, he said, yeah, I work on, um, on sets. And I was like, oh, anything I'd know? Yeah, Show Dogs was one of them. Actually, a lot of films you've uh, made videos <laughs> on, so I was like, oh, uh, oh, Jesus, I froze up. I thought I was, <laughs> it was like a trap, and I was about to be taken <laughs> up. But no. You're about to be publicly <laughs> shamed. Yeah. This guy's against <laughs> but the but no, film he cool industry. Guy. <laughs> he hates us.
0: Everybody look.
1: No, it was, it was really funny. He was a cool guy. And there were also a couple of other SADs there, too. Oh, yeah? Uh, George and Elena. Um, so shout out to them too. And um, one of them specifically mentioned they were there on your recommendation, Adam. Sir, so awesome! You're spreading the love for the lighthouse. Yeah,
0: i th- i think I think it attracts a decent amount of attention when I give something a ten to people that watch my shit. At least, is that what we're calling <laughs> our fan base now, SARDS? Sorry, <laughs> it's just because of that
1: question we had like a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't can't get it out my head. It's just so weird to me. SARDS. <laughs> okay sards, <laughs> sardines i don't know
0: yeah i don't know sardonites <laughs> <Sardanites.
2: laughs> that's awful <laughs> no
0: <laughs> i like sards it's simple yeah but it's, yeah, it's, it's close to yeah. sodomites yeah. and so sure you know, it's, but it's like <laughs> whatever one in the same yeah yeah that's awesome i thought you were gonna say that they they worked at dreamworks or something i was, I was waiting for that reveal
1: <laughs> that would have been too too much like heaven
0: how was your first film festival experience as like just the film festival itself other than, you know, the movie which we'll talk about next episode?
1: The actual experience, one of my best movie watching moments, that's for sure. Cuz I rant and rave about how bad audiences are in the UK mm-hmm. cuz especially around where I am. Just terrible. Like when I saw Gemini Man, uh, awful experience. <laughs> The difference is everyone is so enthused mm-hmm. to, like, the next level at a film fest. So they, they sit they sit down, they shut up, and they're silent. Yeah. And then afterwards, you can, like, feel the energy and the love for, like, the director came out and Willem Dafoe came out. And it was just a cool energy to it all. Awesome. Which is yeah. way more likable. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of inspiring than, you know, the average kind of dour experience for, you know, any old guff you'd see, like Gemini Man. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: There's been a couple bad experiences with audience members at film festivals before, but for the most part, mm. majority of screenings, especially at at TIFF, very respectful audience, very high energy for enthusiasm, you know, like everybody's there cuz they want to yeah, see the yeah. movie, not cuz they're looking to kill time or they're on a date and they don't exactly. know what to do. You know, so it's a much better crowd.
1: For sure, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see it this is Thursday. So oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Oh wait, that's tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll Perfect. talk about it next episode. Yeah. My favorite film fest movie that I've ever seen is a little little unknown indie film called Gemini Man.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that?
0: It's uh it's a groundbreaking new film where the intended format is so extreme that there's no theater in North America that can actually play it. In yeah, the way it's intended to 3D, be 4 3D 120 frames per second.
2: Yeah, cuz no yeah, can someone explain this to me? <laughs> That's the way it's meant to be seen, but yeah, only it's been Basically, the best theaters can do 2K 120 frames per second 3D, which is not the way. Yeah. And even so, very few theaters have done that. Other theaters will do 4K 60 3D. Yeah, but that's the way he wants it to be seen, because that's the best way to see the effect, like the Will Smith clone effect. I guess. Oh, there's so much detail in it that when you see it in that format, you can make out every little detail on his face, and it's really impressive, apparently. Um, but I just saw it normally. Oh, really? Did you guys see it? Yeah.
0: I saw the high frame rate. I don't know if it was 60 or yeah. 120. It was probably. It felt like mm-hmm. probably sixty. Yeah, a lot
2: of theaters did sixty.
0: It didn't really specify. It just said high frame rate mm-hmm. in my showing. Did it make a difference? Um, it made a difference in terms of it being funnier. It was very. <laughs> it was very distracting. Maybe and it hilarious. hindered your
2: experience. For
0: maybe I noticed that you gave a higher rating than not only every, every like the the combined <laughs> critical rating on both. Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes but also the combined (laughs) user rating
2: like you you've rated it higher than I've seen anyone rate it I know I thought it was like a solid action science fiction film I thought it was okay Like it's nothing special and I'm sure we'll go through the many problems it has and there's some things that are (laughs) about this movie That are not good the last scene of this film is like embarrassing how bad it is But I think there are good things and elements to like in it And Alex how'd you see it? Yeah
1: High frame rate or no? In just the biggest shithole. so it wasn't high frame rate. Okay. Um,
0: okay, so now we don't get to looked, blame the frame rate. It looked like rate. garbage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's a bit unfair. It Didn't look like garbage, but there were uh-huh. some shaky-looking uh, moments for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. With the effects <laughs> that maybe yeah. would have been fixed with the special screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: But the movie was directed by Ang Lee and I think that elevates it a little more too because I thought the movie looked great and I thought a lot of the action scenes were pretty cool and there was like attention and build up to them and a lot of the Will Smith effects and the way the way he incorporated in the like live action stuff that he shot practically I thought was really well done for the most part. So I'm,
0: I'm not sure I feel the same way. I'm not uh-huh. sure there Clearly. was some there was something like <laughs> i mean the 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 facial animation thing like that was pretty cool and groundbreaking until yeah. he's shown in the daytime and then you start to see the imperfections and then
2: it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's why
0: the whole movie was dark. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it looks really bad, yeah. especially at, at the end, very end. Awful. Yeah,
2: that's all. <laughs> <laughs> and just the writing of that scene is just oh, fucking yeah.
0: terrible. Oh yeah, should just we do everything about it? <laughs> yeah, let's do spoiler warning. I mean, I, I don't guess. think anybody. If should you want to, s- if it
2: looks interesting to you, go check it out. It's like a solid three out of five for me. It's no twisted pair. Uh,
0: Ralph loves it more than anyone else on the planet.
2: Yeah. Keep, keep, that keep in, in mind, mind, I also love <laughs> Venom. Yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking <laughs> sure. of that
1: when I saw your rating. I kind I'm, of like, like is this, this movie Venom? in the
2: same way. Yeah, kind of. But
1: I, I like this movie more. It's better than Venom. Yeah. No doubt. I like no how it better.
2: takes itself, like, it plays it straight and it's serious for most of it. And Will Smith is, like, playing like a normal, like, guy. He's like a hardcore <laughs> assassin, but he's dealing with grief and, and whatever. He's not, like, goofy Will Smith. And I I like that. I don't know if normal guy's is the right way to put it. Because the only reason no. they cloned him is because normal he's, guy the, compared he's to the, the only fresh person prince.
0: that can get a shot like that. So they yeah. had to clone him. He's mm. the only one that could kill himself. There's nobody exactly. else that could do C- clone it. Clone him, him twice. I know. They him twice. And so stupid. here's what I'm confused mm-hmm. about. Because like the second Will Smith, he, he has like Junior. memories of him being raised by Clive Owen. He's like his adopted son. Or something, and so yeah. like yeah. in terms of the cloning process, was he raising him the entire time? While and and then yeah. just only used him after a certain amount of time, and then when the third Will Smith comes in, it's like, wait, did he have a side hoe child? Like, did he was he also raising <laughs> exactly? Because like, he's implied. also that age. He's he's
2: not a baby. Did they get cloned when yeah. they were babies? They they took. Yeah, they took, like, the DNA sample, and they made two babies. They're just backup. The junior one that he raises, and then he made a backup for some reason that was raised <laughs> just in just, like, a cave or something work, and has no emotion. Just, like, yeah, just in case. Just this one can feel emotion. I- <laughs> It'll turn on me someday. Yeah. But listen, that's not that far-fetched. I mean, you, didn't, you need to have a backup in case one doesn't work out.
1: All right. And it's so you can have that line yeah. where they're like, were well, you going to make an army of these clones? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> let's do it <laughs> hey yeah. his rationale made
0: sense clive owens the busiest dad he explained it <laughs> like he has time to mm-hmm. raise two kids and do all this assassin stuff so i mean <laughs> like he was the one doing it, it wasn't even like a caretaker he was like i'm your yeah.
1: dad one is like a detached sociopath though to be fair
2: yeah i thought a lot of the characters were really bland yeah and oh like, yeah. a lot of the dialogue <laughs> was bad i thought that was the biggest really issue with it
1: it was the exposition for me that just really, yeah. just drug it into the dirt and just made it really dull. Because mm-hmm. the action scenes, um, there are a couple of decent ones. They're kind of above average, I'd say, for the most part. But the problem is, you have to sit for so long with these boring cardboard cutouts holding like bottles of Coke really obviously towards the camera. It's <laughs> 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 like, yeah. like boring, uninteresting <laughs> garbage. So it's I don't care about any of this. It's so, oh, it's so just. It's, uh, Done to death we've seen this kind of thing a hundred times.
0: The movie's two hours long, and they had plenty of time to develop interesting angles that they just didn't like there's mm-hmm. more you could do with mm-hmm. it and by By the time it was like an hour and a half through the movie, I realized that there was no second act that we were already into the third act, closing the film, <laughs> and there was no second well, act. what do you mean like things it just felt like things were set up. <laughs> It was like there. I don't there was agree with that. <laughs> it really felt like there was no
2: second act in the film. I don't film. agree with that. No. Well, like, well, the start of the second act was like when Will Smith and and Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, they like team up with Wong from Doctor Strange and they leave. It's like after that action scene where they try to kill her, mm-hmm. and that's like the beginning of the second act. The midpoint is when it's revealed that like Will Smith has a clone. The mm-hmm. that's like the reveal of the younger jr not the action scene like that they have it's after that Hmm. and then yeah so so i don't really agree with that and the end of the second act is like when will smith teams up the will smiths both of them team up and they fight clive owen i I think the third act is when they fight clive owen
0: it felt like the whole concept of the film should have like like it, it felt like what was established with the whole clone thing and and like oh man i'm gonna rebel against you even though i was just saying that I wasn't a clone, like, it felt like that was was all just one big act, when it was finally like, okay, Mm -hmm. well now, let's see where this goes in the story, but then it just winds up having to wrap itself up, because it took so long to get there.
2: It was structured like an action-adventure film, and then at the midpoint, they reveal the clone thing, and then it becomes something else. So It's weird, Mm -hmm. but I I think it it does have a three-act structure. The trailer
0: revealed the clone thing. Yeah, that's the thing. The trailer reveals the phone thing. It's like, that's the selling point. It's Will Smith versus Will Smith.
2: (laughs) In the context of the movie, it's not revealed till halfway. And they have the action scene before, and even then, that's not revealed. It just Mm kind of looks like Will Smith. You're like, oh, who's this guy who kind of looks like me, and he can fight me. Yeah. And it's, like, intriguing or something. Did you feel (laughs) as though
0: the uh, Clive Owen character's motivations were a little poorly defined? Like, poorly communicated? Yeah. I was like, why is he mad? just
1: mustache twirling. (laughs) Like, Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, it, it was explained, I guess, because it's in the Wikipedia plot synopsis. But I don't know when it was explained. I guess I, just,
2: I was yeah, distracted by the high tomorrow. frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> well, they introduced that whole angle, like, halfway through the movie, which was so weird. That whole, like, father-son relationship with young Will Smith and him. And it's like, kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. So I, I felt like, despite the attempts to be visually
0: groundbreaking... A, the movie's too dark. B, a lot of the action scenes. Some parts look cool, but a lot of them, I'm just left wondering, like, what the hell just happened? Like, there was the, I, I, where were they? They jump the, the show, yeah. In the, yeah. the the cave, and then just all of a sudden, oh, yeah. like, one of them's down. I'm like, who? What the? What happened? Like, there's, it, mm-hmm. it's filmed in a way that's so confusing quickly. to to mm-hmm. understand. Like, almost like quick cut yeah. garbage, even though not all of it is. And then even in the parts where I can tell what's happening. Like the part, the part where he dodged the motorbike was really funny. It was so goofy.
1: I thought that was a fun scene. Yeah, the, it was like a fist fight with a motorbike. It was hilarious. <laughs> it
0: was so funny. I
2: enjoyed that.
1: Oh man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like snickering to myself for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of drinks, but I was having
1: a really good time. <laughs> I had to hide my, life I was into too. it. Yeah, because the audience, they were loving it. I felt yeah. like I was the odd one out because it was just so silly to me. It's like a but fun like science a fun fiction.
3: Way.
2: Action movie with Will Smith fighting the young Will Smith. If if I ever feel like my
0: presence might disturb people because I think the movie's hilarious and nobody else does, if there's space at the front of the theater where no one's sitting, I'll just move up there. I'll be like my mm-hmm. my view isn't as perfect, but I can snicker a little without yeah. disturbing people, okay. <laughs> and that's what I did. That's a good little life hack. Yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because you don't want to disturb other people who want to enjoy the movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was... um, It was not... uh, Not great. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just looking at my notes here. It wasn't
1: insulting, either. The
0: uh, bee venom? (laughs) Like... Oh yeah, that whole album that was so weird. Why was that in there? The amount of times that they set it up—they like literally the first moment where he smacks a bee on his shoe. He's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm allergic to bees." I'm like, "That's not gonna come back later." And then they say it two more times. And then he gets shot by a tranquilizer dart. She's like, <laughs> "What? What was in that? As if it couldn't have just been a regular tranquilizer dart." He's like, bee venom," so casually. That was the funniest <laughs> fucking thing. And then That's she has exactly, the antidote right it away. It could have
2: just been a tranquilizer. It's, yeah. She's it like, I have, "I have the
0: epinephrine." Blah blah blah. And then he's fine. And it's like, well, that didn't even <laughs> matter, and you spent so long setting it
3: up. Like yeah, what? It had really no significance.
0: There. I'm trying to remember. Did he um, when he's trying to convince himself that he's a clone because he used a lot of like weirdly uh, Kind kind of like nurture versus nature Justifications for, for him being a clone. <laughs> anyway. he, he was like man. Do you ever have problems communicating with people <laughs> like this means? We're the same, but did he mention the bee venom thing in that scene? I can't remember because they mentioned it so many times I, like that would have been something easy to be like you're allergic to bees like that's a physical thing that you would know that a clone has no matter what in the nature versus nurture aspect. Did he mention
2: that? He... No, they, they that would have been more clever.
0: No, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: No. It's the script is really has a lot of issues. Yeah. I know it's, it's written by your by guy, by...
1: isn't it? Fuck, written David by who? David Benioff. Oh. David Benioff of Game of Thrones. <laughs>
2: oh my god, really? I didn't know that.
1: David it'll, Benioff it all makes so much Ray. sense.
2: Makes so much sense. No wonder the writing is bad.
1: (laughs) Apparently, it's been in purgatory for a long time. Like, this film, for some reason. Yeah. Like, apparently, Nicolas Cage was supposed to be attached at one point. So, and that would have been, I don't know, maybe equally funny. It would have been like
2: adaptation. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Two Nicolas Cages.
1: It did kind of remind me of Face Off a little bit with how stupid it was.
2: Yeah. It reminded me of that
0: too. The poster did. So, this film. Mm was supposed to be a 1997 movie directed by Tony Scott. It was supposed to be a Disney movie, too, believe it or not. And they decided that the technology wasn't quite there yet to, to have a CG younger version of the main character. And what I'm trying to figure out here is, why does the script even need that? Because we have films like... Being John Malkovich or or sorry adaptation there was one scene in being John Malkovich where it was a bunch of them anyway Where it was like camera tricks using the same actor you could have one in older makeup one in younger makeup You have films like like Mm -hmm. Looper where you have two different actors and Joseph Gordon-Levitt just used makeup prosthetics Just tiny bits of prosthetics to have a, a more similar facial structure to Bruce Willis and that worked fine, too Why does it have to be a CG version of the same person? I don't understand why that's at all necessary that they needed to to hold on to the script for like 22 years. You know? (laughs) Like, what?
1: It's not like this story is that great and original either, is it? Like, why not just film it more practically? Gemini Man is my... (laughs) It's a script that probably would have done
0: well in 97 compared to right now. Like, it it probably would have been Mm -hmm. more successful if it was just released in 1997. I don't know what changes they made to the script to have it released... But in it has that kind of feel,
2: like it's been in development. Even there's scenes in the movie where it feels like they're talking about a scene that happened before, but it's like they didn't shoot that scene yet. They were, like, talking about something they hadn't experienced yet. Mm. It was very <laughs> weird. They were like, oh, yeah, remember that when we were in that scene and this happened? It's like, what? Like, yeah. why the fuck would you talk like that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, uh,
0: it was a really uh, messy, flimsy film. And uh, <laughs> as much as I'd love to shit on it some more,
1: we got other movies to talk about in this yeah. episode. Yeah, it's hardly even worth it. Like, I can't really remember anything about it I saw it a couple of <laughs> yeah. days ago. It's just a forgettable film. <laughs> Not even that funny to me, either. It was pretty funny to me, but... Again, I had a couple drinks. It was half funny. <laughs> just the length just really dragged it down. I was like, okay, you're overstaying your welcome now, Jim. I was so
0: happy the entire time. That shot where it reveals the the clone Will Smith <laughs> through the like uh, the scope, and it just zooms in. It's like ba ba ba. It's other Will Smith. That was great. That was so funny.
1: Oh man, yeah. I could hardly focus on it. It was so distracting that whole <laughs> that whole aspect. I know. And it's the only thing the movie has. It's the hook of the movie is that there's a CG fresh prince running around. <laughs> it's just so
0: unnecessary too. It doesn't even need to be there.
2: No, that's no the reason. Point of the movie. You have to he's like fighting his own it, like conflict, you know? His own internal demons because he killed so many people and he's trying to steer this young boy away from that life.
1: It's really deep. Why not do it as like an animated movie or something? Yeah. <laughs> <wouldn't have> <laughs> the issue. technology wasn't there yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Animation didn't exist. Give it another 20 years, and then we'll remake it. It's just one of those things where you're going to buy it or you're not. All right. Uh, what would you guys this give was, it?
2: This was for me. I, I enjoyed the, it a lot. Yeah.
1: I give it a three out of five. The highest rating anyone <laughs> has ever
0: given the film.
2: Apparently. <laughs> Although I don't think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm sure you but could find a user
0: good job, review Angley. on IMDb as a yeah. 10. But who knows if that's ironic mm-hmm. or not.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I give Uncanny Valley the movie <laughs> one and a half stars out of five. I think that's what I gave it. I can't remember. I, I think you did. I think I saw you reading. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I couldn't give it quite a one because there were a couple of bits I did enjoy. But I mean, there ain't. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything about it that's
2: that, that awful. It. I think it's mostly just mediocre and bland. Like I don't think there's no Which third is... act. I don't think it's incompetent. <laughs> you know,
1: I it's thought it was like a solid those, like action movie. It's frustrating because of the people attached and how boring. There's just no excuse for boring, meandering scenes. Yeah, that,
2: these Will Smith like vehicles needles. are annoying. But this is a good one compared to like Collateral Beauty <laughs> or Aladdin. Three main actors:
0: Will Smith is playing Will Smith, Clive Owen is playing Clive, <laughs> Clive Owen, Mary Elizabeth Winstead yeah. is, I guess, playing Zoe Deschanel from The Happening. Like it's it's yeah, just so there's the, the, I I don't really see anything like super impressive. Other than maybe the groundbreaking visual effects that even with those they had to make the entire movie dark to be more convincing anyway and Even with those
2: <laughs> the, the spectacle
0: of it was fun. I, it wasn't it was it was a yeah. laughable spectacle to me It's just funny how they they try to prioritize this gimmick over Telling an actual story over making an actual movie, you know And like even even with the idea of like this is a visual masterpiece You know the guy that directed life is a uh, life of pie it still kinda looked like yeah. shit for a lot of the movie, you know? And like you have poorly communicated like action scenes. I thought scenes.
2: the way they incorporated visual effects was very cool.
0: I yeah I was not I d I wasn't I wasn't big on it. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly as a comedy and that's that's
1: about it.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. I didn't think it's gonna age very well. Uh-huh. Oh no, not at all. Oh no. Anyway. I bet
2: in ten years it'll
1: look great. I
2: give it a
0: two out of ten. <laughs> and I think I've justified myself quite well.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. You have.
2: All right. Let's go on to good movies, like Joker.
1: What'd you think? Anyone going to do the laugh? I'm not going to do a laugh. (laughs) When I come out, (laughs) can you introduce me as Cool Cat? (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) That's how you should laugh. Somebody make an edit where all of the Joker laughs are replaced by Cool Cat laughs. Somebody can do that.
1: Oh, that would be way creepier than the movie.
0: No. Yeah. What'd you guys think? I saw it a while ago, so. Yeah, it was all
1: right. Yeah? yeah it was all
0: right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway,
2: uh, King of Comedy.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude, that's my review. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. So oh, weird. that's so funny. <laughs> it was. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good movie. Um, It was like Taxi Driver. It was a lot like King of Comedy. Yeah. I see why you guys mentioned
0: it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was way more similar to king of comedy than taxi driver Mm -hmm. it has been a while since i've seen taxi driver but
0: i almost regret watching taxi driver in preparation for the joker at tiff instead of watching king of comedy because i think it's more like king of comedy Mm -hmm. than taxi driver
2: yeah absolutely but in terms of the tone especially in like the first half of the film i feel like it's more like taxi driver because King of Comedy is very funny, basically all the way throughout, and has a very light-hearted tone, and Taxi Driver's more, like, dark. And the first half of this film was really sad, yeah. and dour,
1: and I the like first that about half. it. All of it. <laughs> all of <Since> it. <laughs> yeah. But he yeah. more
2: comes into his own, like, and becomes the Joker that you like, or that you know, in that second half, yeah. or toward the end. Uh, spoiler warning for Joker. Yeah, I guess, spoiler warning. But so the beginning is just, spoilers, like, boring, and miserable, and it's awful. You're like, oh, I feel so bad for this guy.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that that was one of the issues I had was just the overall kind of lack of subtlety. It's uh-huh. just a less subtle king of comedy set in the Batman universe. Like if that's that's either going to be a, a positive or a negative to you. Like if that yeah. sounds like something wow, that sounds like an awesome idea for a movie, you're going to love the movie because there isn't really that much I can really pick apart beyond things to do with the plot mainly oh yeah because the performances are pretty good all around there are loads of really good moments mm-hmm. visuals of course are outstanding i mean it's not bad but it it didn't really move me i don't know if it was just this whole expectations thing or how it's just the the movie's really relevant in terms of like meme culture it, it's being memed like really hard and when that happens and all I see is just jokes based on movies like this, I just, I just go in and I can find I find it really hard to take it seriously sometimes. I don't know. It's just my preference, I guess, with what I expect and want out of this character. But I didn't find it entirely satisfying to have a, a movie just based around him. Because the, the reason I like the Joker normally is because there is sort of a yin and yang relationship going on and his entire purpose is to like counteract and be a a foil for someone who has the complete opposite sort of philosophies and tendencies yeah. and that's what's interesting to me without that i was finding it hard to find anything to grip on because aside from i guess the really unsubtle commentary that is much more explored and entertaining and fulfilling in the king of comedy mm-hmm. yeah in my opinion anyway.
2: absolutely all the tie-ins with the batman universe felt very forced like <laughs> shoehorned in Forest. yeah it didn't need it Bruce Wayne the old guy was that supposed to be Alfred the guy at the Um, gate probably Joker Joker. yeah Yeah. I wish this movie was more on its own and just kind of did its own thing because in the beginning you don't even know it's Gotham or anything it's just set it takes place in this shitty city you are like oh I wish I wish it was more just its own movie and not tied in with Batman well that's what
0: it kind of marketed itself as is a standalone origin story and so to shoehorn in Batman just because, and especially mm-hmm. it just it it keeps getting worse as it goes along. In that sense, they they try to imply that Joker is literally responsible for his his parents dying, and it's like ah, yeah, come corny. on, come on, it's a really annoying It's, reveal. it's, it's mm-hmm. Insisted significance, and it's just really it, it's irritating.
2: It just doesn't go in line with the tone of the rest of it. Which is more realistic and serious, and that's very corny. If that was in Gemini Man, maybe it would be better. There were certainly
0: some <laughs> corny moments outside of that. I, I feel mm-hmm. like you know him getting like beaten up with the sign and the whole bullied on the train thing. Like, oh yeah, th- those were yeah. certainly some corny moments where characters mm-hmm. were more like. But I don't characters. think it was those supposed so to
2: be way. It was just lack of subtlety.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, because that character, yeah. when when you have a character like Joker with that kind of darkness behind him, it, it's a difficult challenge that the screenwriters have to face because normally you wouldn't have to make, you wouldn't necessarily have to make the villain character sympathetic. But if he's the main character in a movie, it, it would just be too much for general audiences to handle. So they've got to make him sympathetic in the only way they can which is just by having him be beaten up all the time which is like such a cop-out to me (laughs) which is it's it's like yeah of course i'm going to feel sorry for this like poor weak man just being beaten up like it it doesn't make it really layered and deep character development to me Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah that's just like writing sympathy trick 101 just have them be beaten up a bunch and that justifies like (laughs) society beats him down
2: bullied yeah. he doesn't get his medication he's yeah his mom is uh, awful to him.
1: that's the thing though like I'm okay with taking this seriously as like a character study but then when you do delve more into the well basically the dumb shit when the dumb yeah. shit starts then it's like well th- this tonally isn't really working for me because now I'm thinking about Killer Croc and the Penguin <laughs> and Two faces and all this yeah, and right? I'm just like this, this is very strange to me.
2: <laughs> Can I tell you a theory my mom had right. for this film? Go ahead so there's a little person in this film, Yes, and, and her theory, once, she, once the movie's over, she called me and said, I think that guy in the sequel is going to become the Penguin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, dude, that's exactly, this is exactly my pro- this film is confusing, this film is confusing because that, I also right. heard similar things from people as I was walking out of the movie, I overheard someone saying, yeah, like, I can't wait to see where they take the sequel, like, what, how's Batman going to deal with this one, <laughs> I think you guys are going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he's going to team up with Ben Affleck
2: and they're going to fight.
1: Yeah, because everyone's just, we're conditioned now. My mom did have a good theory,
2: which is like, once he goes in the fridge at the end, everything after that is a dream. I guess that one makes more sense. But that's something you could get out of this movie. But it has there's all this other shit that muddles it up. At what point does he go in the fridge? Um, It's like right before he gets the phone call to come on the show. Oh. And that was weird. Like, they would just call him to go on the that show. That was weird. So it kind of makes sense. I'm going to shut down that theory right now, because
0: go ahead. Because how Proof how can mind. how can it be in his imagination that someone murdered Bruce Wayne's parents, and that's just coincidentally? Yeah, that is weird. Like, I mean, you can't. <laughs> like, ha- he doesn't know who this guy is.
3: So that's true.
0: So anything involving the Bruce, th- that's also kind of why I hate the whole shoehorn thing. There is because otherwise. Yeah. You could you could interpret it however you wanted. Any scene could have been imaginary. But as soon as you have mm-hmm. the Batman Bruce Wayne aspect, then it's like, no, that has to be literal, because why would he imagine somebody who he's going to meet later who he doesn't know yet sort of thing? Why would he mm-hmm. imagine the origin story of his arch nemesis that he's not aware of? At the time, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. So it shuts it shuts it down. They yeah. do
2: establish he has dreams or visions or whatever with that love interest he has, which I think is like the worst part of the film and was so predictable and, oh, you know, yeah. and shoehorned.
0: Oh out. man, and I I, I really I didn't so, like any of that. I was so disappointed by how they handled that in the reveal because mm-hmm. the moment she walks in and she's like, "What? Who are you? Like, what are you doing here?" And like, she's obviously uncomfortable. Like, you could have explored that scene. Without the flashbacks, and it would have been so fucking obvious anyway. But as soon yeah. as they do the flashbacks, it's mm-hmm. like, oh wait, this is an R rated movie for twelve year olds. Oops. Like <laughs> Oh. <laughs> they could have
2: flushed that scene out and made it way more intense than it was. Yeah, that too. It, it was like yeah. thirty seconds.
1: No, it's because at the same time it's juggling this bizarre like story about how three murders Causes this like complete breakdown of society for some reason. Can you guys explain that to me? Did that bug you at all because oh, it's because that's the commentary of the film. Yeah, but that (laughs) Is that like it but it makes no sense. But in real life. It's a little
2: more complex than that. You don't live in Gotham, so You don't know I guess we don't know what it's like there (laughs) How could we relate? Yeah, we're up on our YouTube pedestals. How can we relate to the people of Gotham?
0: If clickbait media was trying to get people not to watch the film, they certainly did a terrible job. Because now it's like everybody has to see it to be a part of the conversation. It broke October records. Everyone's talking about this movie. Oh, It's so funny.
2: Do you think it would have done that no matter what, though? Uh, Yeah, it's it's Joker. Joker I mean, yeah,
0: it certainly didn't help. But they did help. Yeah, they, Yeah, they helped promote the film. It's
2: just annoying. Exactly.
0: I know I briefly mentioned, I think it was in the last episode... I did feel, and again, I'm going to uh, repeat that I don't feel like any movie should be censored because of this, but I did feel, you know, there's an argument to make that it kind of does glorify this type of negative uh, behavior that if somebody who's mentally ill watches the movie, it's probably not a good idea.
2: How do you guys feel about that? Um, I guess you could take it that way. Yeah. The narrative of it is definitely like society beat me down. Yeah. And if I just kill someone, then <laughs> I'll become I'll famous. I'll show you. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show everyone. It has that kind of revenge fantasy yeah. to it. Um, could take it that way, definitely.
1: Yeah. But I don't think that's all it's the just, movie is. So Yeah, it's just, it's just a more clumsy, less subtle interpretation of the same message of the King of Comedy, yeah. pretty much. Oh, yeah.
2: But the movie and is like, also I... kind of vague, so... You know, could you take it that way? Well, maybe? they have
1: they have their get-out-of-jail-free car, which is... Oh, it, no, it was all a dream. Like, it didn't actually happen. Like, it was all in his mm-hmm. head.
2: Exactly. Whereas King of Comedy, Taxi Driver, is very specific about, like, mm-hmm. those kind of characters and their effect on society.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's pretty hilariously hypocritical for news media to be <laughs> blaming a film for inspiring mass shooters... When it hasn't even happened, <laughs> mm-hmm. when in reality yeah. <laughs> the coverage of mass shooters has—it's been pretty much documented that that actually inspires more mass shooters. When you publish their name yeah. and you like spend entire news cycles talking about them and giving them attention, like that—that that encourages yeah. mass shooters. Like, it's like
1: they're, they're so desperate for a story that they're trying to make it happen. Yeah, it's weird so way.
2: weird.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
2: kind of gross. There was like a story that two guys were talking during the movie or something and got kicked out and they were disturbing the show and they made like a big story of that. That's funny. Who gives a fuck? That's not a story. Something <laughs> happened at the Joker screening. They got kicked yeah. out of a theater. Oh oh no. <laughs> all, that happens all, all the that time. All happens
1: though as a result from that is they make more money from people going and seeing it out of interest. People mm-hmm. are talking about the movie and so they're going to go see it. Like I haven't heard people talk about a movie like this for a while. Just everyone, my my hairdresser was talking about it. Just random people on the street talking about it. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere because of this very thing. Like it's, it's weirdly representative of attitudes of now, which is kind of like a thing to love and hate about it because it's kind of weird and sad in a way that in 2019, a really edgy, serious Joker movie that's like the most depressing, (laughs) over the top, like violent. Just like (laughs) it's weird that we all rated oppressive, like, movie is what yeah. everyone is really feeling at the moment. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I think it's cool. I seriously <sighs> doubt that Todd Phillips or Joaquin Phoenix went into this project with the expectation that it would be some sort of political message by this film existing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. certain th- there's definitely political commentary within the film, like most movies, but... Mm. I don't think I don't I think really either of them it. were like oh yeah we're sending a message about current society and then all of a sudden it got turned into this this symbol for like it's,
1: Yeah it's weird it's like just from the headline of it of people being made aware that the film's even being made from that very second it just started being politicized yeah and it's just become its own beast there's this weird like it's one of those films that has like a meta narrative where there's the film on its own and it's like there's that to discuss but Almost talking about the way people view the film outside of the film itself is almost more interesting to me. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, it, there isn't much else to say aside from the, the it's just a combination of Taxi Driver and King of Comedy <laughs> with a bit of Batman shoved in. Like it
0: looks yeah, good. I it's did, not as good as either. Cinematography of The photography yeah, was
2: really nice. Amazing
0: performance. Joaquin is mm-hmm. always great. Everyone I like just really spin on the laugh. Yeah,
1: I thought that was uh, something I hadn't seen before mm. with the character. Mm-hmm. I, I like the. Really it good. adds an extra layer of sadness the fact that when he was laughing he actually couldn't help it there was kind of like a weird irony to that that was that really hammered home how like sad this character was how depressed and just down he was it was Really disturbing and, and an awesome like interpretation of that character. Not as yeah. good as Jared Leto, obviously, but you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. He he's has to idea. be stuck in between yeah. the two ah, great performances. Ah, like ah, he's oh, he's the Joker in between. He's really upset about this movie. Poor Jared. Oh yeah, of course he's upset. I'm just you, imagining Joaquin Phoenix preparing for his role, going through like clips of the Pillsbury Doughboy and just like trying to get it down. Like there's a hidden sadness <laughs> in this character. Pillsbury Doughboy doesn't want to laugh. He gets poked and then it happens. It's not consensual. I also so. liked
2: um I like De Niro in the movie too. Yeah. We we keep talking about King of Comedy, but the film is clearly paying homage to King of Comedy yeah, and yeah, knows yeah, it's yeah. inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And De Niro plays like the the Jerry what's his name? The Jerry Langford show. Yeah. He plays like that character Jerry in Joker. L. And I thought that was very funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was a highlight for sure.
2: Well.
0: The amazing performance by Joaquin Phoenix will certainly have me walking to his next movie at a brisk pace.
1: Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> do you want to clap? <laughs> oh, I am internally. Uh, you imagine an audience just laughing at all your. Oh clips yeah, I'm
0: standing and... in front of an art exhibit of this giant poster of, of a laughing crowd right now.
3: <laughs> all right, what would I you never guys seen uh, that
2: before? give the film three out of five
1: (laughs) yeah i'm right there with you ralph no same three out of five for me um yeah didn't really move the needle particularly Mm
0: -hmm. i think enough time has passed that i am changing my seven to a six and i'm more confident about it it was always closer to a six i had the side between one or the other and uh yeah it's a six pretty good like, yeah. are you
1: guys gonna rush to rewatch this movie no. ever like i, I don't no. feel the need to go back and really experience it again i'd much rather just watch king of comedy again i feel like there's more to get out of that movie.
2: Yeah. well compared to like superhero films that are coming out recently i think this is something that stands out like it looks good it's mature it has themes that it's exploring it's not like some dumb like it doesn't end with a giant fucking action scene or whatever but compared to like what it's aping or I guess paying homage to, it's not as good. Hmm. So it's got an eight
0: point nine user rating on IMDb.
2: Good, I'm happy people enjoy it. It
0: won the Golden Lion at Venice Film yeah, Festival. Yeah, that's a little weird. I know, right? <laughs> that was a little weird. But it's not yeah. like it's not like people treat Venice Film Festival the same way that they do Cannes or something. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not like their juries like. Super, is, that, super. is that what they think
2: America is like? They think it's like the Joker. Probably. <laughs> How it's depicted in yeah. the Joker. That's why they gave it the golden lion.
0: Yeah. All right. Speaking of Joker, Ralph's recommendation <laughs> was yeah Joker the prequel. The Joker prequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joker negative one. Or Joker zero, <laughs> I guess. Joker, mm-hmm. but instead of an O, there's a zero in the title. <laughs> zero O'Kirk please Joker please jeans.
2: <laughs>
0: I should be in marketing
2: uh, so sp- spoilers mm-hmm. for King of Comedy King of Comedy follows a young comedian named Rupert Pumpkin played by Robert De Niro who is just itching for his big break you know so he decides the best course of action is to kidnap the host of a show the Jerry Langford <laughs> show and blackmail his network into letting him perform on his show and the movie is fucking incredible it's directed by Martin Scorsese. It's the second movie we've talked about from him. And it's another like one of his comedies. It's like really goofy comedies. And it's like a satire of fame and uh, television. And I thought it was great. What would you guys think of it?
1: I loved it. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Absolutely loved it, yeah.
2: I also loved it. I thought it was great. It's hysterical.
0: I found it more sad than funny. I think you hyped it up as yeah, more of a funny movie say, than I describing it uh, as... than I experienced it. You... <laughs> <today.
2: laughs> I thought this movie's hilarious. It is it is funny Robert in De Niro's performance. It, yes, in a sick way, which is what I find funny. But Robert De Niro's performance is fucking brilliant and the way he pulls off this like like really awful comedian, but he's really funny to watch him like flub and be awkward with people. I think it's incredible. I think it's one of the best things he's ever done.
0: Yeah. There's shades of comedy within each scene. There's always a comedic element, but I yeah. think that in terms of what's happening in the narrative and especially what I get out of it and relate to in the film, it's a much more sad movie. And I I just I don't know. I I love movies that really go into a character study representing this kind of delusion, Mm -hmm. this kind of desperation out of a character. There's a really great um, Italian movie called Reality where there's some similar elements at play within the main character. It's part of the reason why I hate L.A. so much is because there's so many people that are just (laughs) thinking like, oh, all I need is my big break, right? And they, they treat their entire life as though the only thing that's preventing them from being successful or happy is this this, like, red tape that they need to burst through. And yeah. with that delusion comes this idea that you don't really need to work on yourself or prove yourself outside of that. You know, like, he he never recorded any of his own material. He didn't do any stand-up. He just kind of, like, you know, worked on it in his room or whatever and was thinking, like, oh, all yeah. I need is somebody else to throw me into the spotlight. And I... I it's always so sad to me because there's a lot of people like that and the main character in this film mm-hmm. is clearly a lot more um, Disturbed than the average person with that delusion like he's yeah <laughs> he, he takes it a little further than you than you'd expect the average uh, Person waiting for their big break to but it always kind of it always kind of gets me There's a line in the film After he breaks into the uh, summer home or or whatever where he's like, oh, well, you know what? I realized that I have to do everything by myself. I can't count on anybody sort of thing And I think that that's something that's actually very important for people to realize is like you need to to prove things By yourself (laughs) you really do you can't let somebody else be responsible for your own success Otherwise, you'll just be waiting forever and you'll be you know putting the blame on other people when you really need to focus on yourself and do something independently Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. You need to actually work hard. But I love that element.
1: Yeah. yeah. The character has no dignity. It's you, <laughs> You're secondhand embarrassed for him because he's so blinded by this goal that he doesn't even realize that he doesn't even have the self-awareness to reflect on and change his ways. He just doubles down again and again. And you're just like, oh my God, where are you going to take it next? And despite the exaggerated level of it, yeah, you do see flashes of reality in there you see this this type of person exists and like i'm sure we've all interacted with plenty of people that have hints of this kind of thing like Mm -hmm. you say with that whole la thing with the just all these game shows and everything where they're like like x factor and they're trying to win fame and fortune and everything and it it really is taking a, a step back and just analyzing look if this is your entire being look how sad and pathetic it is from a distance and how it just means nothing <laughs> yeah. when it when you, when it drives you to do things that, that this man is is like driven to but as a result of this like romanticization of of these kind of concepts it is really disturbing and like and you you laugh so you don't cry because it is huh. it's like a deeply sad disturbing movie that, that's what i really liked about it i love just just the just the name of the film, The King of Comedy. There's something so like ironic about it.
2: Yeah, the opening credits are very eerie and creepy. It's like just a yeah. freeze frame of him. Like, it really his... sets the tone. Yeah. yeah, it's excellent. Yeah,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah. The foreshadowing of what that. Mm-hmm. that but, picture there is, but there is, but there is a sense
2: on. of humor to all of it, even if it is creepy. Well, yeah, there's, there's like...
1: obviously comedy in the movie. And yeah, it's, it's all good from what you hear. Mm-hmm. But it's just the underlying sadness that really is at its core. Because I was reading that, like. A, a, a lot of the people behind the creative process of the movie were—they found it to be quite a overbearing kind of project because of that that level of darkness that they put into it. And it's what makes it—it's what makes it great. Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable in all the best ways possible.
2: Exactly. The whole like dream sequence when he's on television, which kind of reminded me of Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I wonder if it was inspired mm, by that.
1: Yeah,
0: I would have to say that I was probably inspired by that for sure.
2: Yeah, that was, all, that was all great, and then it was funny when he was like, we were wrong, Rupert, and you? You were right. Rupert. And that's why we'd like to apologize in front of the whole country. We all thought you'd amount to <laughs> like, nothing. Like, that shit is so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, like, his very sincere reactions to all these things is like, yeah, that sounds terrific. Thank you very much. Yeah. But, you know, it's just him in his basement with a bunch of cardboard cutouts.
1: What I absolutely love, though, about his character is that he's rewarded for all of it at the end like it, absolutely <laughs> or he is doesn't he doesn't stumble into creating followers
0: i thought that the yeah. ending was completely interpretable
1: well the, uh, as i interpreted it okay. anyway to me that was that was like the point of the movie was like <laughs> and yet it's rewarded and and just the fact that like his comedy wasn't even like good it was so <laughs> it's been average. done before mediocre yeah. completely average it would
0: sell in the 70s it would sell in that environment yeah the thing is mm-hmm. like
1: that's part of what the movie is
2: too is like once you're on that stage and you're there with the audience and the like the applause sign and all these cameras people are more prone to laugh yeah even if they're watching a fucking crazy person and also he was hyped up and that was <laughs> yeah. like literally a part yeah. of
0: what he wrote for them to read he's like
2: i'm presenting
0: to you the next king of comedy this is a surefire thing like Getting people into that mindset where it's like this is mm-hmm. the best thing you 'll see right now in front of an audience of people, like he understood that that was like a necessary component of of being successful, like that's part of it, mm-hmm. and so he Absolutely. used that to his advantage, which was he very just wants to be famous he doesn't even care about comedy really oh yeah, it's completely selfish he's not even it 's yeah. not even about expressing himself really it's literally just about right. he doesn't care i 'm going to prove everyone wrong in my life that thought i'd amount to nothing. You're wrong. I'm right. Mm -hmm. It's completely selfish Mm -hmm. and
2: hilarious. And there's a lot of people like that. But the kind of mindset is like encouraged in America. This like if you work hard and just keep at it, keep at it, even if you're not funny, eventually you'll get there. You just have to put yourself out there enough. And he's rewarded for that. And that's like what all Scorsese's movies are about, kind of. And that's like, you know, why I love all of them they all have that element of America encourages this kind of fucked up behavior that encourages Mm -hmm. crime and kidnapping, and like whatever the hell. Mm -hmm. And it's like deep-seated in everyone here. And I find that so fascinating how he explores that.
1: There's that brilliant moment towards the end where through most of the movie, you're kind of against the main character. You're you're laughing at him and you're uncomfortable because he's just, he's deluded. Mm -hmm. But there's a point towards the end where it's revealed that a lot of his really sad, dark material is based on, on his life, and you suddenly sort of like get a newfound level of sympathy for him. Or in a weird way, he's like kind of—it's—it's it's, it's the same point as the Joker, obviously. With like, yeah. he's kind of a victim of this, this system that he's just found himself a part of. Like mm-hmm. this guy, he could have been anywhere, but because he was there and then, with that just slight off nature about him. That, that's the way he was drawn to. And that's where yeah. it went. And it's just it's just so sad underlying.
2: He probably had like a bad childhood and he has really low self-esteem. And that's why he puts mm-hmm. on this like character that, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Make everyone laugh. <laughs> but
1: what, did he, what did
2: he say? It's his job to spread joy. He was put on this earth to spread joy and happiness.
1: And his conviction too. He really yeah. sells that he believes. Exactly. Mm. God
2: put him there for that. It's very like a
0: sociopath would yeah. say that. I like I like mm-hmm. how we got yeah. to see his material and that we didn't see it until the end of the movie. I think that that was a good build up choice. to it. Yeah.
2: And you don't know if it's going to be really awful yeah, or exactly. funny. You have you don't no know idea nice don't know what's going to happen.
0: The secretary was trying to be. Mhm. And what I find insane is like he was actually given attention. He was given the time of day even by the secretary. She said, "Hey, go do some, you know, just work a couple clubs record your material, we'll listen to it. And they did. And she actually, she treated him really nice and gave him yeah. some potential opportunities. But this character won't accept anything less than his fantasy delusions, which is just, mm-hmm. it's it says so much
2: about him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's a fascinating character. It makes him kind of scary. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's so tenacious, and you're just glad that that's the thing he's chasing and it's not something else.
0: <laughs> I think that part of the reason why this sort of idea perpetuates in these types of people of like, Oh yeah, someone else is responsible for my success. And if I just had a big break by somebody or like, if only this person saw my script, blah, 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 then I'd make it. I think part of the reason why that idea is, is so prevalent is because there are people in the industry in the 70s. Now, especially there are a lot of people in the industry that are essentially just planted there or, they were privileged enough to have Will Smith as their dad, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) or, you know, people that are not really all that special. They didn't have to, like, break out in some amazing way, but they are just there. There's a lot of people on television that are are famous just because they happened to be in the right place at the right time and got really lucky. And so people see those characters, people see those people, and they think, oh, man, all I need is somebody to give me my big break. But you know the reality of the situation is, you might as well be trying to win the lottery. You might as well be buying lottery tickets. If you if you want mm-hmm. to get somewhere in life, you have to do it for yourself. It's the difference between buying lottery tickets or saving up <laughs> your money. It's like you you can still be successful, but you need to actually yeah. work on it because you were not born with that advantage.
2: So in the Joker, there's that romantic interest, which and that all sucked. And in this movie, you have Rita. Yeah. Which is a great character, and you actually understand why she would want to see Rupert again. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, Rupert's actually somewhat charming and kind in a certain environment. Yeah. Like, when he meets her. And you, like, get why they'd want to see each other again. Then she invite or he invites her to Jerry Langford's house. <laughs> and that whole scene was so uncomfortable. It was a great payoff to all that. That's all I kept thinking was how much better it was uh, than the Joker.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's part of why I just couldn't get down with Joker. Mm-hmm. Because it's just worse in every way than this movie. Like it's so the subtlety is so important to me with something like this because it, it stops it becoming potentially idiotic. Like it arguably does at points in Joker. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is a certain level of believability there because of the way it, he doesn't start just murdering people. Sure, he does kidnap someone, <laughs> but there's no, there's no killing in the movie. There's no ultra violence or anything like that, and yet. It's much more disturbing than anything I saw in Joker f- yeah. for me anyway. More grounded. It, it, and real. it gets it just it just gets in your brain. It's just uh-huh. a concept that is really fun to just think about, sit on and explore. And the, it's yeah, it's really wonderful the way yeah. they
2: you... And Scorsese's just a great director too. Mm. Like the city exactly, feels real. Yeah. He knows how to film New York City yeah, like a, no one else. The city feels the like the film. Yeah, like that one dream sequence I mentioned earlier was actually shot with television cameras. Oh, yeah. Like a wedding on the show. It looked great. And there were even like these fades during the wedding that are so fucking perfect and like corny. I I love that. Very genuine. The Mm -hmm. the attention to detail. Yeah, the attention to detail was just great.
0: I think that it was really cleverly presented overall. And especially Mm -hmm. when they start revealing how much of what he's fantasizing about is actually happening and what isn't, and the way that he sort of rehearses these conversations by himself in his home, it makes you question everything that comes out of his mouth for the rest of the movie. Like, was this rehearsed? Like, what what, what about what you're saying is planned out and what about it is something that you're actually saying right now? I thought that yeah. that was very clever.
1: Just this dialogue in general is really interesting. Like, There's that scene towards the end where... He just keeps repeatedly being asked to leave the house. And he's just trying yeah. as like a, a sociopath would do, to use his understanding of language to try and manipulate his way out of the situation. But he's taken it so far, it's the one time he isn't able to. And you sort of see him snap a little bit. Yeah. Which is a yeah, a really kind of disturbing moment mm-hmm. <laughs> that hammers home just how just out of his mind he is. There's some key moments in
0: the dialogue to to kind of give you a glimpse into how beyond the surface, he is not really a friendly, happy person. Like when he first gets uh, rejected, when they're like, you need to work on your material. Some of it was funny. Not every punchline was great. And his response is, do you speak for Jerry? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Sort of Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Just discredit her instantly. Yeah. They mentioned that
0: line on the uh, featurette on the Blu-ray as being very important for the film.
1: And I agree. It's so clever. So much good storytelling just from the subtlety of it. You can just infer so much from just the setup of all the scenes and the the way they gradually escalate and progress.
3: Yeah. Uh
2: Did you guys have any issues with it? Mine are very minor, but I do have them.
1: Mine are just so nitpicky, I mean. Go for it. The only thing I noticed was just some weird ADR now and again, which is quite common, I guess, for films from around this time.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, some of the some of the audio could have been better. I do feel as though I guess the handling of this situation by law enforcement and to some extent the network was a little unrealistic. <laughs> like I, I get that <laughs> yeah. it's trying to be more of a commentary, and it's and, and it's a little exaggerated mm-hmm. and out there. And so from the network, ex- especially that's more forgivable. But from law enforcement, that was a little like. Mm. You wouldn't. You wouldn't just let him go into this bar first. Like there could be a back exit. Like you'd lose the guy. He could just dart out the back of the uh, the bar, and you'd lose the guy that knows where Jerry is. So I. I don't think law enforcement handled it in a way that would ever happen. Really, <laughs> that was one of my issues.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I think Rupert is such a great character. He kind of overshadows everyone else in the movie. And whenever this movie isn't about him or focused on him, I just don't think it's as interesting. And there's a mm-hmm. like another crazy lady who's introduced. I forgot yeah. her name. Is it Masha? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And uh, I didn't find her as compelling as Rupert. You know. Yeah. Was, like Rupert just stole the show. He really did. Yeah. I would have yeah, liked yeah, to yeah. focus yeah, on yeah. Jerry. Uh, Jerry a little more, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe develop their relationship more. I'd like to know more about his life.
0: Yeah, I That's I agree. It,
2: it's a little repetitive too. I noticed it like toward the middle and started to get a little. Like, okay, Rupert, how many times are you going to do the same thing? Like, try to go to this guy's fucking house (laughs) and talk to him. Yeah, I
0: I really loved the scene with her and Jerry and what that turned into and just how it kind of devolves into, you know, being being more overtly sinister than before. Mm -hmm. And she's basically going to sexually assault him. But at the same time, I agree with you. Uh, The story is more interesting with... Robert De Niro and during that point I wish they would cut back to her a little less frequently that that was maybe like trimmed down a little but just personal preference I guess
3: yeah
2: otherwise it was just it wasn't as subtle or as clever as the Robert De Niro stuff
1: yeah I'd agree with that
0: I I find it funny that they're friends and they're both just nuts
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah kind of friends like yeah they're just kind of forced to be friends because they both want to kidnap the same person (laughs) Yeah. yeah They're both so. hardcore Jerry fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jerry L playing
0: Jerry L. <laughs> he gets confused if he gets a different name. <laughs> <laughs> I think what makes something a really, I guess, impactful movie for me is when I'm able to kind of just relate it to either experiences in my life or, I guess, ideas about society that I've already noticed or already more or less agreed with um and this is a movie that does that very well like obviously i've already ranted a bit on you know the the types of uh characters that you can find in real life that are like the characters in this film and what it's trying to say about that and i'm sure we've all heard about plenty of different youtubers where someone's just shown up at their house sort of thing Mm -hmm. and they think that that's cool (laughs) for some reason yeah And it's it's like okay, you don't know anything about me. You really don't. Like you you have an idea, you have an imagination of what I'm like, but you really there's no way to tell, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 interesting how closely it relates to a lot of the uh, ideas of parasocial relationships that we see Mm. nowadays. And I think it really it's it's pretty much a timeless movie in terms of the ideas that it's getting at, and it's pretty awesome that it came out in the 70s when i'm sure at at that point in time there had already been plenty of uh celebrities that have had really tough times with just how people treat them i love that that shot of uh him and the woman uh on the payphone she's like please my son has cancer or something like that he's like i'm sorry i'm, I'm busy right like i gotta go i'm late i hope you get cancer and it's just like this immediate shift of like my time is more valuable than yours. And in their minds... Yeah,
1: that's a great moment. Like,
0: we see this mirrored with uh, Robert De Niro saying, like, I've spent my entire life working on this, and all you got to do is listen for 15 minutes. When in reality, what people don't understand, what many people don't understand, is if, if you do give that amount of time to everybody... Right then you literally you can't do anything else. I can't check all my tweets I wouldn't be able to get work done like Mm -hmm. I'm sorry You know and I feel bad (laughs) about it because I want to be a nice person and if I if I meet someone that's you know Obviously interested in saying hi I'll give them the the time of day because I know that it obviously means a lot to them And it's something really small and painless that I can do but it Mm -hmm. is a big problem when there is that sort of expectation that uh, entitlement Where people feel like oh you deserve me this time when you don't know what kind of day they're having You don't know if they're late for something You don't know if somebody in their life just died or if they've haven't gotten any sleep So to act offended by that and be like when you have no context to that I think is a big issue And it's something that's very common unfortunately
2: Yeah. Yeah, well Rupert was like a character raised by television Yeah. He just he never interacted with any friends or anything. He just Mm. lived life as if it was he was on some kind of talk show. And he always wanted to see himself in that spot because he felt like that's that's how you get special. That's how you become the one that everyone likes. It's Mm. sick, but it's a mentality a lot of people have. And he feels like he knows Jerry because he's watched Jerry on television for so many years. Which is probably how a lot of people feel, like about, you know, when they watch us or whatever. When they it's listen like, to this really podcast. Know.
3: Dun, dun, yeah, dun. don't really
2: know. <laughs> I also like Jerry's character, too. He wasn't an overt asshole. He wasn't trying to be a dick, but, you know, you could tell he was genuinely annoyed by what this fucking guy was doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I loved his reactions. I thought they were very genuine. Mm-hmm.
2: Especially early on. Like that first yeah. scene, he's like trying, he's really trying to be nice mm-hmm. as he's trying to go back in his hotel. Well, so many
1: characters, do. this, <laughs> yeah. so, I just kept thinking, God, you're so good at your job. Like, especially the like secretary, like woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. I felt so much sympathy for having to deal with that kind of thing, especially because you're saying about how it applies to um, like us and our specific um, jobs or whatever. But I, I think it would apply basically at any point in my life in some way, mm-hmm. which I think... Mm -hmm. does really hammer home how good the the the, like message and the way you can interpret the movie is because whether you work in retail or like a weird job like this or anywhere anywhere where you're interacting with people Mm -hmm. in some way you're gonna see this kind of thing (laughs) and just to explore that kind of that kind of mindset it's it's just it's really spoke to me and is really a really fascinating thing this time in my life
0: Yeah. yeah great movie great character study love what it Absolutely. explored the
2: psychology of him is very clear great performances mm-hmm. well researched <laughs> i love this movie four out of five for me nice
1: yeah well seeing as it's my first time watching it um it, it, it really did connect with me um and there wasn't much i really disliked about it at all um maybe upon rewatch, because I want to, this is the kind of film I want to show to people and watch with people and discuss and really think about and let sit for a while. But yeah, it really spoke to me and Mm -hmm. there isn't much else I'd I'd really want from it at this point in time. It's exactly (laughs) what I was after in something like Joker. I I love the subtle approach. I love just the presentation, how thoughtful it is, detail-oriented, as you've already said. It's a five out of five stars for me. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: I would give it an 8 out of 10. It's closer to a 9 than a 7. We'll see what happens on a second watch. Nice. nice. Loved it. Thanks, Ralph.
1: <laughs> no problem. Yeah, thank you for that one. Yeah, it's a good movie.
2: Mom, please, stop <laughs> calling me. That was, that was Scorsese's <laughs> that was like mom. That's my favorite scene in the movie. That was Scorsese's mom. Yeah, Scorsese's mom, mom is in character. so many movies. Scorsese's mom is in Goodfellas. It makes them like, the, like dinner at night after oh, yeah. they kill that guy in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what a legend she, I, I forgot if that was her painting she holds up like a painting in that scene I forgot if that was hers that she actually painted or mm. not but yeah good for Scorsese's mom she's acted in so many movies mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> alright question time
1: let's do yeah. it let's answer some questions from the community if you want to leave your own questions uh, for us to answer on the next episode have it, head over to the subreddit. Reddit where Ralph will leave a thread and you can ask us whatever you want Let's start off with one from New Vegas nineteen. What's the hardest you've intentionally slash unintentionally laughed at a movie?
3: Oof. Mm. Mm. Pulp
2: Fiction, like the the Sam Jackson scene where he kills each two one? guys. Which <laughs> one? There's so many. Uh, the one where he gives the Bible lecture and then shoots those two guys with Travolta. Mm.
1: That was a that was a early hysterical on. moment for you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <Interesting. laughs> that whole scene. <laughs> Mine would be
0: Fateful Findings when uh, <laughs> the whole movie? when Jim gets killed. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. You <laughs> killed him. and Then later, Neil Breen's like, Jim, <laughs> I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot <laughs> believe you commo- committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I laughed so hard that my roommate two floors below me had to come upstairs to see what was so funny. <laughs> I'm on the top floor, he's on the Sometimes basement. Sometimes
1: something just catches you.
0: I didn't know sound could travel that much in the house. So, I guess <laughs> that would have to be my answer.
2: <laughs> that's the power of Neil Breen.
0: Oh, man. Classic. Yeah, Alex? What about an
1: intentional one?
2: An intentional one?
0: What Actually, do you mean? I... Like, intentional from if it was
1: a comedy. Well, or like, laughing at Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Like, it's not because it's bad, it's because it's funny. Whereas yeah. Fateful Findings, that's just funny because it's just the fact that it exists (laughs) yeah because my like my unintentional one would be this it's called life's a jungle or something it's like a bad animated movie like a straight to dvd ripoff movie Mm
3: -hmm. there's just
1: something about really bad animation in certain forms like really half-assed like if it can it can be really annoying but if it catches you at the right time with a with an image so just unexpected or just out of the blue, the, that, that one just, it broke me. Couldn't take it. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: hmm.
2: Scorch's PFG TV makes me laugh really hard. Not intentionally. Do you guys know what that is? No. Scorch's PFG TV? No, I have no idea what that <laughs> I is. I did a video on oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's like a cable yeah. access reality, it's like cable access talk yet. show. It's basically if Rupert Pupkin made a talk show. Oh, great. That's what it is. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw some memes <laughs> on your subreddit. Good. <laughs> so yeah look up some scorch okay um i think
0: i think that my hardest laughs would be at unintentional humor just because i love that so much but yeah i guess in terms of intentional humor i don't know probably somewhere in uh, nirvana the band the show or nathan for you or i guess movies some of the Funniest comedies for me would be something like uh, Smiley Face with Anna Faris, but I've never I've never like <laughs> gauged how loud my laugh was at any of those. Fateful Findings sticks out in my mind because I didn't know sound could travel like that in my house, so obviously it was it was, <laughs> it was a huge laugh in there.
2: Oh, Goodfellas! Goodfellas has the What Am I Clown scene with Joe Pesci. That's uh-huh. probably the funniest <laughs> I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs>
1: There's a, a memorable scene for me in the um, comedy In the Loop with um, oh, yeah. Peter Capaldi. Um, it's one of those unexpected things where his character is like the comedic sort of anchor of it all. He's like this really angry Scottish guy. And he's he's in America at one point in the movie. And he's like, his whole character is that he's like always about to explode. So anything can set him off and like this, like, huge, morbidly obese American like, ticks him off. And you can imagine the, like, Scottish, like, rage that comes out. And it's just Mm. so over the top. That got to me the first time I saw it. Sounds great.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's others I'm not thinking of. Not every comedy can get to me. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think I'm kind of similar, where it takes quite a lot Mm -hmm. to get an actual reaction that's more than just... (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: The highest-selling, the the highest-grossing comedies are usually ones that i find like yeah those you know chuckle maybe once sort of thing grown ups too i guess the <laughs> one of the highest grossing comedies that i've seen that i genuinely laughed at would be like borat and bruno movies
3: mm. right. yeah they have their moments yeah. for sure
0: it's, i love the awkward that humor there's an
2: element of like real too yeah. it's like we are actually watching people be uncomfortable i love That's cringe humor. Humor. it's it's just game it. cool yeah, i love it's not it so written. much <laughs> I watched Caddyshack recently, that was kinda mm-hmm. funny. But it's just like goofy shit. Yeah. Like Bill mm-hmm. Murray's chasing a fucking uh groundhog <laughs> like through a golf <laughs> field. It's like it's just hilarious. It's like such a bad puppet too.
0: I almost <laughs> forgot uh one that's for sure should be mentioned here. Black dynamite, one hundred percent. Yeah. Black Especially Dynamite's like hilarious. the first yeah. couple mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. watching that movie. Even even now. Like K- I, I rewatched Pao? it again earlier that's this year. Still hilarious. Kung Pao, great, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That it has its moments, definitely.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, Nev, A Lost 20 has one for us. There's somewhat of a stigma about going to the movies alone. As people who watch movies in a professional capacity, does it still exist for you at all? Or not as much? Not as much. Personally, I don't care. No, no, I don't honestly. Care. Yeah. Yeah.
2: A lot of people do it.
1: I guess because it's seen as kind of a an activity- like going bowling or something? Like, do many people go bowling by themselves? <laughs> I guess if you're a professional.
2: Yeah, if you're a professional, yeah. Well, yeah, if yeah. you're watching, like, a, a Marvel movie that's, like, an event, you should go with a few friends, because a lot of people go to see those. But I, we mm-hmm. often see movies like fucking First Reformed or some, like, Suspiria movies no one wants yeah, to see. Yeah. Like, none of my friends want to watch, like, shit like that.
0: I can usually find friends that'll watch movies with me no matter what they are, which is nice. Yeah. But, Which is good. Yeah. I mean,
2: but a lot of people don't have that luxury. Yeah. Where oh, let's go see this really indie film and together. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of people have nine to five day jobs, and can't yeah. see a movie yeah, yeah. on like Tuesday morning. <laughs> so
1: exactly.
3: Yeah. When it's convenient I'm actually quite for
1: fond me. of the solo experience. Yeah. Now and again, it's nice. Like Absolutely. There's something. Yeah. Like there's no distractions, and you can just focus on the movie as long as I usually do behaves. like
2: two movies because I'm there already, like by myself.
3: Yeah.
1: Really.
0: Yeah, sometimes Gross. I'll see a movie on a whim like uh, I had ruined my sleep schedule and then I was already out and about <laughs> and then I was near a theater. I was like, oh, the new Star Wars is playing. I guess uh, I wasn't going to see it. It was the Solo, a Star Wars, sol- uh, a, star- a t- <laughs> oh, sto- yeah. Solo, a Star <laughs> Wars one. story. And so I watched Solo, <laughs> Solo and I was like, OK, well. <laughs> That was all right. I wasn't. It? <laughs> it wasn't great. And you loved it. I mean, Film of the year. I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, but it
3: was, <laughs>
0: I mean, I just I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. I was already out of the house. Like, oh, I need something to do to keep me awake, and I don't really fall asleep in movies. So
1: we have one I'm curious about from Vince's Depressed. Chin up. Do you believe in conspiracy theories? The more spectacle ones, like Area 51 having aliens, for example. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> that one's all bullshit. Um, there's some that are real. Uh, Epstein. Gulf of Tonkin.
1: Yeah, so you don't yeah. think that we've ever had well, the Area 51? Yeah. So do What's you think the... there's an Area 51 out there with, like, aliens? No. <laughs> I mean, no near us. There's Get certainly the government
0: out. secrets, but absolutely.
1: who knows if it's aliens
0: or not. Yeah. Right.
2: And I bet they're a little more complex than just there's an alien.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Probably involves a lot of different names and fucking countries you don't know, never heard of. There's definitely classified the,
0: information that governments are keeping the from the The September
2: 11th ones are the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. The ones that think like oh, it was a hologram or something. Doesn't even make any fucking sense. One of them is like they painted thermite on the building beforehand and then detonated it. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? You can't, even if you did that, like the walls aren't what support the building. It's like the fucking beams, the steel beams. You would have to paint thermite directly on the beam. It doesn't make any (laughs) sense.
1: People love to speculate, man.
3: Yeah.
0: There's a conspiracy movie that you can watch on Amazon Prime Video called Zeitgeist. Have you guys ever seen it?
1: No. No? What's that one about? I've seen the post. Oh, man. It's
0: it was so nostalgic for me, because like when I was growing up with the Internet, there were films like Zeitgeist and Loose Change and like a bunch of conspiracy things that, you know, if I was watching as a 15 year old and I would just, you know, I would just believe everything I saw because I would be like, oh, well, somebody researched this and not think twice about the credibility of what was being researched or how it was researched. But I would still recommend Zeitgeist as long as you watch it with a Mm -hmm. grain of salt and you know don't just automatically mm. believe everything that they're saying cuz when you watch things like that i think that it's important to understand and empathize with people that have different beliefs and so even if you disagree with something to at least understand why someone else believes something and watching that film in particular like zeitgeist and especially the way it's presented it's so it's like like the music that they use in the background the tone of the the narration and the voice It's like it gets you like pumped into it like and there's bits of truth sprinkled in there too like things that are like undeniably true (laughs) and so it's like it's 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 fun. It's almost like LARPing as a conspiracy believer when watching that movie. I would recommend it for sure. Cool. It's not great.
2: I saw one (laughs) I saw one on Netflix about Bob Lazar that guy he's like some guy who was in Area 51 and saw UFO or so he says and this documentary was made about him but he doesn't have any proof for it or anything. And Mickey Work did the narration for it, and that was fucking awful nice. too. Uh, I recommend that one if you want to cringe.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't know if there's, because you could call Epstein's murder a conspiracy, but nobody seriously believes that he committed suicide. Like no, no, mm. no, serious person actually believes that. There's there even the people who are saying that in the media don't believe it they're just, they're just saying it right so is that yeah. a conspiracy theory Any shade i of doubt technically it is so that's one i believe in mm-hmm. oh no yeah. the camera's they're cut right out there at that
1: exact moment oh no it just becomes addictive to people doesn't it just the concept of there are secrets being hidden from me the truth is out there like and i i know something that other people don't that's mm-hmm. alluring to people
2: yeah, but then everything becomes a secret, and everything's a conspiracy. And that's...
0: Yeah, where does it end? Where do you draw Exactly.
1: The line? Yeah, exactly. You, Everyone's you against can me. <laughs> scrutinize yeah. anything. That's
0: that's part of the reason why I don't like hate people that believe in conspiracy theories. Like because there is this environment yeah. where governments are keeping secrets from people, right? Like if mm-hmm. the government didn't lie about so many things, governments didn't lie about so many things, mm-hmm. then. You, it, it wouldn't be as forgivable for people to believe in, like, every single conspiracy theory. But because there's so much that we're constantly lied to about, it's like, okay, well, I guess I can, un- you know, <laughs> I can understand why you believe everything's a conspiracy, even if yeah. I draw yeah. the line at a different place.
2: Sometimes bad things just happen, and people don't know how to process it, and so they mm-hmm. think it's some government conspiracy. Alex Jones on about Sandy Hook, how it was oh, a man. government... Well, False Mm -hmm. flag or whatever. It's like sometimes fucking there's just a crazy person that does something awful or a disaster a natural disaster People just don't know how to handle that Every single
0: time there's some sort of a mass shooting in America that gets any kind of media attention There's always people that are saying this is a false flag so that people take away our guns But it's like the one argument that I have against that is if the goal by having these shootings was to take away your guns They're certainly not doing a very good job at it (laughs) like the government never took away your guns (laughs) Statistically gun sales go up every time one of those happens Mm -hmm. So I mean if there's a conspiracy (laughs) if they are false flags And they have to do with like gun sales in the NRA Then wouldn't they be false flags in order to sell more guns because that's what's happening every shooting How could it how how could it be a false flag to take away your guns? When the only thing that happens after every single one of those is gun sales going up it, it would be the opposite if it's a conspiracy. so Everything's a false flag. Yeah. yeah. This podcast.
1: But we need them. <laughs> it's it's a, a false flag. Yeah. <laughs> you you need the occasional conspiracy theorist and whistleblower. It's like a balance, isn't it? You, you need to have the people that are out there to, uh, who are willing to dedicate their lives to this kind of thing. Just on yeah. the off chance. You actually have dry. to
2: have something, though. You gotta have proof. Usually that yeah, takes exactly. a long time, lots of investigators and journalism yeah. even. The whole thing with like the Catholic priests um molesting little boys over mm. the 90s and like that was fucking crazy no one mm-hmm. had ever heard of that shit before then.
3: You
1: know,
2: so it is needed and definitely exactly, had yeah. an impact on society, um, that coming out. Or like the Me Too stuff. I don't, I don't know if that <laughs> it kind
3: of correlates mm-hmm. in, but yeah.
0: Trust but verify.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Verify. Yeah. Like don't don't make up your mind in an extreme direction in either way without any sort of evidence.
1: Yeah, especially like how people give so much like credence to uh, some of these like behind the scenes governmental sort of happenings. Like you really think that the same people who can barely keep potholes out of the roads, <laughs> can, you know, or like run a the NHS like competently or anything like You really think they're able to do these like things yeah. like chemtrails and control us and stuff. They're just people <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, they're exactly. Just, they're just working within this weird system that's restraining them to behave in a certain way and they're just doing their jobs.
0: <laughs> I think part of it is that people put celebrities and uh politicians on such weird pedestals that essentially dehumanize them where they're so mm. unrelatable, like they're mm. elite. And so people make up all these justifications for them being, you know, not a part of the public, when in reality, some people are just detached because they're billionaires and (laughs) they don't know what it's like to live like a normal person. But to to imply a, a, a lot of the conspiracy theories that exist, like the Illuminati and all that, like, A, you'd have to be implying... That so many people are in on it that are just like all keeping their mouths <laughs> shut. B, it doesn't make any sense that if it's a secret, why they would put the pyramid and eye symbols and like everything. Like, well, like, what <laughs> yeah. if it's supposed to be and, a like, secret, why are they doing that? <laughs> right? Like, hey, everybody, the Illuminati exists. Ha ha. And I think a lot of it goes hand in hand with uh, uh, people that believe in like, you know Satanism and stuff like that Alex Jones is mm. you know whenever whenever it comes down to the uh, Justification for why these conspiracies are real. He's always like it's to turn us away from God and Satan worship and stuff like that
2: A lot of these people mm. believe Globalists that took us down. Yeah, exactly But people believe that in the entertainment industry they put like satanic messages in oh, children's man. films There was a whole <laughs> thing like that in minions and oh with the lion king too. They erased the sex thing but oh, that was yeah. just some animator probably fucking around or an accident. But now people yeah. think like there's legit satanic yeah, I mean, messages in these doing for
0: Yeah As if just sex as a concept children. is like Satanism, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, it's satanic because God does not want you to have sex until you're married. No, no, no. No, no, no. But liberal Hollywood does not want... They want you to have sex immediately. <laughs> yeah,
0: compared compare <laughs> to like all the movies sense. that exist... <laughs>
2: Where it's like, oh, James
0: Bond's fucking all these women. Look at how much of a player he is. Like, that's just so overt. Like, why don't you call that satanic worship? Why don't you call it like? Why does it have to be that's Lady for Gaga? I was in uh, when I w- when I was uh, in Edmonton finishing up my uh, high school diploma equivalency. There was uh, it was basically at this campus where there was everybody there was only there getting their uh equivalency because they had failed at regular high school whereas I just dropped out because I didn't like it uh and so there were a lot of uh interesting characters and I remember we had there was some sort of assignment and you know how (laughs) that sometimes they they hang up the assignments on the walls outside of the class and I was just going by one day and I saw uh (laughs) somebody wrote an assignment on why uh Oh, what's it? Rihanna, (laughs) Rihanna, and Lady Gaga are a part of the Illuminati trying to turn people away from (laughs) God through their lyrics, and they cited examples. I'm like, you handed this in to your teacher, and it was really funny. And I remember just like I would purposefully walk in that hallway just so I could go by and read it every day and laugh. It was really funny. A lot of people be
1: searching for something to believe in. Yeah, yeah. People want something to believe in, and if it's something like that that they attach themselves to. Whatever. I think it's fun. Enjoying ruining people's lives, go for it.
0: Yeah, hopefully it is kind of funny.
1: <laughs> we got to talk about this one. There sure. are too many questions about this topic, and it's, I suppose, um, uh, relevant to this episode. Great Muncher asks this: What are your thoughts and feelings on what Martin Scorsese said about Marvel movies? Do you agree with him, or just think he's an old fart?
2: <laughs> what did he say exactly?
1: He said Marvel movies are the equivalent of theme park rides, and that they're kind of not actual cinema. Yeah,
0: that they're conditioning audience members into expecting amusement park rides rather than you know actual challenging films. I think there's some mm. truth in I what he's saying for that. sure. Yeah, there's definitely some truth in there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you got to look at the yeah, movies really that are comparison. the most successful this year, and they're all like really dumb, big budget CGI remakes, reboots, sequels, Uh superheroes, it does kind of feel like, made by Disney, yeah, it does kind of feel like we're just walking into a Disney attraction now. Joaquin. And they're all the same. (laughs) They all feel the same, because they're all made by the same people.
1: It is a great way to describe that kind of event movie, but I don't think that necessarily means it isn't worthwhile or valuable to people. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's still, like, filmmaking, but it's a different type of filmmaking. It's it's completely different. Like, the, the production behind The Lighthouse compared to Avengers Endgame, it's, like, a completely different level. And and there is, there is like, a an art to be able to make something kind of cool out of a system like that. Yeah, absolutely. If, you, if you're really, like, looking for something to appreciate. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of the Marvel movies that are just completely forgettable and not worth watching. But I think there are a couple in there that do have a voice and do have something a bit more to say. So Absolutely. Obviously, if like you just watched Ant-Man 2 and then were like, you could make an assumption maybe that they're all just shit and like that and they're all the same. But you're not going to have the same level of knowledge compared to someone that is sort of like, in, it kind of reminds me of like, do you think people were saying this about like westerns when there were just countless westerns being plopped out? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Because well, they were like cheap to make thing.
2: westerns, that's why people did them.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, but there there the are still like great westerns and yeah. really bad westerns, and it's a similar thing.
2: Yeah, people shouldn't take like the worst examples from that genre and use it as like. Because you could talk yeah. about Dark Phoenix and all you want, like, and say, "Oh, this is mm-hmm. like a shitty, stale theme park ride." Exactly. But you do get the good ones. You do get Jokers and Avengers: Endgame and uh, Infinity War. They happen. They just, you know, you do get crap like Dark Phoenix as well.
1: And Justice League and all and of And Justice those. League, yeah. The leeches, yeah.
2: It is becoming more common, and like the the absurdity of like. Spending $10 million on a CGI mustache like that's never been mm-hmm. done before. <laughs> it's getting more and more absurd it's, but yeah, It's, it's still the same the money side is You're right. We, they've always just been about profit. There's always shit being made mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: I think I think that the Issue is not something that's new. It's just that Disney has gotten a lot better at selling people this type of thing like people have always Mm -hmm. liked popcorn movies when people go to the movies it's not really about oh yeah I want to learn something about the director it's oh this has Hugh Jackman in it you know I I think the average audience member is looking for some way to kill time to forget forget about what's going on in their life you know have some fun Mm -hmm. like an amusement park ride and just because movie studios are getting a lot better at delivering that to people I don't think it's necessarily a new thing in terms of what general audience members want I do see it as a problem still because we're seeing a lot less original ideas like I said there's never going to be another Matrix and for some reason people thought that meant that I was saying (laughs) there would never be another Matrix sequel but what I was talking about was like a big original (laughs) idea being greenlit by a studio for a lot of money you know uh, great concepts that are risk taking you don't see a lot of those anymore Unless they're directed by yeah. Christopher Nolan or Quentin Tarantino, people who have proved themselves mm-hmm. to be able to sell mm-hmm. a film, regardless of what the film is.
2: Also, the home experience is becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. So these studios, to get people in the theater, they, they're they like, okay, we gotta gotta pump it up. Tons of CGI, tons of action. You gotta get people, you gotta get butts in the seats. 120 you frames per second. can't do that second. if you just release, yeah, you can't do that with like a $30 million uh, drama, unless you got fucking the Joker in it or something.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's... I can't say it's It's really ruining anything, though. Like, we're still getting countless great movies every year. Like, it, if it really started impacting the way we were actually able to even consume new movies and that, like, we just straight up couldn't get the kind of movies we are now but as a result of just this total monopolization of this, this industry. Well, I, I guess the trajectory is what's worrying about it. It's mm-hmm. like... It, like good movies, for example, like that they all have to be just like joker now, like it's like <laughs> taking an old concept, attaching a recognizable character slash property to it, and that's the only way to sell movies now like that's a genuine fear like what if they just start doing that if yeah. <laughs> they just start remaking movies just with famous characters in, and that that's just the way they go
0: It's more of an issue for big budget studio projects than anything else like that that's mm-hmm. how the industry yeah. has shifted right now, there are more. Creative original voices in cinema than ever before it's easier to make a an independent movie than ever before mm-hmm. It's easier to distribute it than ever before you know you, We're yeah. getting a lot more movies and a lot more voices Just mostly on Netflix or digital and you might not be able to see it in theaters Which is sad in its own way, but I mean they still exist at least
2: hmm They're making money. Yeah <laughs> So that's good.
1: Yeah Netflix is kind of filling that hole for me a little bit. Like, mm. yeah. you get your Romas. You, yeah, God damn it. <laughs> 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 yeah, you get your Romas. You get, like, isn't the new Scorsese movie coming to Netflix yeah. soon? Like, it, you're still getting these great out, films. The, the yeah, Camino, film. There's all sorts of quality. We just are devouring it in a different way now. Mm-hmm.
2: I just wish there were more experiences like Roma that were just released normally in a theater and I could go see it. I yeah. do wish yeah. that, and I, I think that's more what Scorsese's hinting at, more yeah. so than is that. Pe- that's they, all people want to see, and that's like all these that studios want to push.
1: Have been marketable though in the same way.
2: They used to be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, a, a long time ago now, right? Yeah,
2: you could used to just sell a movie on two stars. It didn't matter what it was about. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie fucking go on an island, <laughs> 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 whatever. <laughs> people go see it because it's them, or like the Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. The tourist. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that's about. The tourist. It's like one of those,
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, have you seen know. the latest thing? Is like there are two The Rock movies kind oh, of. yeah. <laughs> and they just look identical. It's like a Disney yeah. one and a, a Universal. I don't know. It's if like UG Jumanji and, it.
2: and then Jungle Book, right?
1: It was uh... yeah. It's like a oh, Disney thing.
2: It's the... There's a Jungle... The Jungle Cruise. Oh, the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Sorry, not Jungle Book.
3: Yeah.
1: And they both look... Based
2: terrible. on the ride. <laughs> Based on <laughs> the least popular ride. That's the movie where there were
0: articles that came out probably close to a year ago saying, Jungle Cruise will feature Disney's first ever openly gay character. Hint, it's not The Rock. And <laughs> the character that it was... <laughs> Is like I don't. I'm not even sure I saw him in the trailer. So, like, it's it's gonna be one of those things guaranteed where he's so insignificant that you can just easily edit him out for China. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah,
1: it's the same with the Marvel movies because I I watched that South Park about China. Oh, that thank you. Were, you like, yeah, <laughs> know, so which good. Is really, really funny. But yeah. it made me think. Wait, yeah, like with how people are always accusing the current Disney for like for lack of a better word, SJWing their sort of cast or whatever. <laughs> but we haven't actually seen a gay character in the MCU. Because China. And, and, but they're technically, Marvel fans will say, no, there is one. Uh, apparently in Thor Ragnarok, the like lead supporting actress in that movie is a gay character, but there's no way you'd ever know exactly. that without really like, searching into yeah. it. you got to keep it marketable it be, yeah, it's for the Chinese censors. Yeah.
0: Like, in Beauty yeah, and the yeah. Beast, all those articles <laughs> came out. Like, guest, what, what was the guy's name? Like, Gaston's friend? Yeah. Like, his little guy, sidekick. They're like, he's gay! And there were actually theater chains in the States that were boycotting the movie before it was even released. Like, this is trying to corrupt our children. They're trying to recruit our children to the gay agenda. And then you watch the movie, and it's like, <laughs> oh, he yeah. just... He, like, danced with a man at the end. And it was supposed to be kind of funny. And the only real reason why anybody said he was gay was because like some random journalist asked the guy a question like do you think your characters maybe gay and then what do you say in that situation you have to say like oh there's a possibility because if you say no way then you're just going to make people angry right <laughs> And so then people just interpret it questions. however they want. Yeah, That's exactly. The only it's so The reason that this um,
1: Scorsese article even existed because he was asked a leading question yeah. to trap him into an obvious answer that you would give like this. Of course, Scorsese thinks this. Like, yeah. it's not like the, that groundbreaking to figure this out. I can't believe people are so upset. I about feel him. betrayed by Scorsese,
0: who doesn't think yeah. that Marvel <laughs> movies are the best cinema.
2: I'm not gonna watch The Irishman. I will never watch a Scorsese film again. <laughs>
3: I am boycotting oh, Scorsese.
2: Boycott. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Netflix. It doesn't even matter if you watch it or not. Yeah. You don't pay for yeah. it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Unless you cancel your Netflix. I guess people do that. They do that out of protest. Nah, yeah. be I
1: don't know. They want to rewatch yeah. Breaking Bad or something.
2: Mm-hmm. That'd be bad. The Office. They're going to get Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: watch The Office again. Which has everything except Song of the South.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> that should be our next recommendation
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah
0: (laughs) one more question or no
1: sure yeah I got a short one here we can end on from listen to mirthless when will you guys learn how to pronounce the word homage Ralph and Adam have mispronounced it countless times to my knowledge Alex has yet to use the term homage. if he's the one reading this question right now he probably just said it Homage. Side note, I love and worship all of you, even though Adam doesn't like being put on a pedestal, lol.
0: I love you too. <laughs> homage. I love you too. <laughs> but homage. <laughs> is that not how you pronounce it? Homage? Homage. Is it, is it not just like a regional thing? There? It's homage, I think. Really? <laughs> Homogenized. <laughs> I think it's homage. homage. I swear it's homage.
1: This person's crazy. <laughs> this This is going to spark a debate. Forget Pumpkin. about the hot dog thing. How did Rupert Puck get already. Forget about pineapple. Okay, well, or any you of it. know what? This i'm going to be I'm the
3: one.
0: Google search this shit right now.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking
1: Google up. search it and play the audio and see how they say it. Homage. Okay. Let's homage. See.
2: Okay, homage. let's see.
0: Oh, said homage. <laughs> Wait, let's let's see.
1: Homage. Homage? is that thing? Homage. Wait, homage. Homage.
0: Uh, Amish. Homage. <laughs> homage. Homage. Amish.
1: Homage. Homage.
3: I don't Amage. think it matters. I think people know what fuck we're trying to talk about. Homage. I know I give Ralph right. shit a lot right. well, for mispronouncing know. things. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I mispronounce things all the time. Yeah. So always This is just own, another one on the shit. list. Homage. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: I don't think I'll ever so say now it that. Like so the list that.
2: is Adam 1, Ralph 15. <laughs> something
0: like that. Keeping track?
3: <laughs>
2: I bet someone is. Yeah, tally it up. <laughs> yeah. Somebody do it. Rupert Pupkin. Sitting, watching my videos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking tiling away every time I say something. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah,
0: there you go.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'll pronounce it that way ever. Sorry. It's been a homage episode of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <coughs> Sounds wrong. Don't like it.
0: All right. Um, guess it's time for recommendation. Uh, if we were going mm-hmm. in order, it would be Alex's turn, but uh, I am sniping it. We've agreed to this beforehand. I'm not that mean. Um, <laughs> we're swapping. So he'll, he'll do the recommendation the episode after this. Because there's a movie that I want to recommend uh, that is not only like a Halloween-esque movie. And that's coming up soon. Um, but also a movie that I want to talk about with a guest that's going to appear on the next episode. I'll explain who that guest is after the recommendation. Uh, the movie is Thirst, 2009. 2009 director of old boy and also the handmaiden park Chan-wook, i oh, believe
2: awesome. i'm very excited
0: yeah uh there's two different yeah. versions there's a director's cut i think there's about 13 minutes of difference i've only ever seen the director's cut and i've seen it quite a few times it is a long-ish movie i think it's like 2 15 to two thirty, like two hours 30 minutes or something so i'll be watching the director's cut I don't think it'll be a huge difference if you don't. It might be a little hard to find because it is the Blu-ray I have is literally like it was limited edition out of print. I don't know why, but whatever. I'm sure you can find it somewhere even even if it might not be legal.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) And I'm not recommending you do that because that would be illegal. But if you did it, hypothetically, (laughs) just buy the regular version also to make up for it. Support the creators, support the industry. Yeah, that's the recommendation. Uh, Great. I would, I would call it my favorite vampire movie. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. That's all you need to know about it. Uh, we got uh, guest next episode. If you want to, uh, uh, in the question thread that's out, if you want to leave some questions that might be tailored towards our guest, David F. Sandberg director of shazam will be joining us he will also be watching the lighthouse so he'll be a a part of that discussion as well awesome hype Mm -hmm. if you want to support the show two dollars a month sardonicast.com sign up for premium you'll get these episodes early when they're edited also patreon.com slash sardonicast also we got merch also the only way to actually watch <laughs> our next episode on Halloween would be if you get it early, because it's, uh, it's going to come out slightly after Halloween, I think, like November 4th, otherwise. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening, awesome. guys. Yeah. That
1: was great. Thanks, everybody.
2: Talked about three good movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, check check the subreddit the incredible one. for the question thread. Ralph will leave a thing.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll leave a thing. Yeah.
0: Remember when you used to say, Alex, that he would leave a funny thread, but now you just don't say that anymore? Are they not funny anymore? <laughs> no, I just don't. Because it's it's it,
1: sometimes they are funny. Sometimes they're just normal. Yeah, the past few months risk.
2: have been busy, so I just, yeah, yeah. I kept it normal. You're not going to hype it up. <laughs> no. I'll, uh, maybe I'll write something a little special for this one.
1: Okay. I like the Delo Feligates one. That was a good one. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: yeah that's the thing i kind of ran out of them i gotta start like making lists of more
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you all for listening love you guys yeah thanks Thanks catch you uh, on the flip side
1: bye-bye bye